me right. too. You're right. almost giving yeah. it to me. You guys want to go? Olives and yeah, let's let's get out of here. I'm sure the ticket prices are fucking really cheap. Right? Yeah, Al can dress true. up as Cleopatra the whole time. We can all dress up as Cleopatra. No, I I was gonna be Mark. Oh, okay. Oh, I was yeah. gonna be Mark. The okay, Mal. All right, you're Caesar. I'll be Caesar. Why didn't we think of this before? I don't, I don't know. know. We should came. We should have dressed up. Yeah, we. Right now, in, we could have been in character. There was like two guys and a girl. Yeah, <laughs> right. That would have been so much more. In fun. a pizza place, God we could have ordered from Little Caesars. Yes. Oh my gosh. In Domino's. Pizza sounds really good, actually. And I love all people, rich or poor. But in those particular positions, I just don't want a poor person. Does that make sense? My vocal warm-up for this episode was going to be... I only date Roman guys with really tan, mighty thighs. I only date Roman, Roman guys, guys with, with really, really tan, tan, mighty, mighty thighs. thighs. It's hard. It's harder than you would think. There's a lot of THs. But they wear those like little gladiator skirts that really show off oh, their quads. Do. Yeah. That's weird because I would never... I mean, obviously there's so much reference of just the Romans and I, I always would forget them little flappy kilts. You know? Yeah, they're like they're cooler than kilts. Though, they're like because, layers of yeah. leather. They look yeah. so yeah. yeah they're like, like way yeah, riveted. They're, they're way more manly than kilts. For sure. I think I'm still gonna call them flappy kilts. That's a really good name because like flappy is very visual. Yeah. 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 Either way though, you're getting <laughs> laid more often in the Roman version than the Scottish version. Like oh, I totally. Yeah. Dude. Who could stand those bagpipes? I don't know why nobody like tries to like take credence of being like like i was a roman like i'm i'm still a roman you know like you know a lot of guys are now like, it just I'm... means you're italian that's true i've never met like someone who's like i'm a roman and like dressed up and <laughs> because now it's just a city in italy <laughs> right i mean yes it is I, you're right you, you just translates to you being italian but should we why are not more italians like talking about right now maybe we should well, I'm going to break into the episode. Welcome to A Very Bad Podcast. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Garrett Stein and Mallory Manderfield. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, hey, hey. Back again. <clears throat> we can't believe you came back. <laughs> we- <laughs> but- Thank you. If you guys are curious, you spell my name with two R's and two T's. And mine's with one L. Wow. Mine's phonetic. <laughs> oh, really? One L, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yep, so. I thought it was four. I know. I think you spelled it with five yeah <laughs> i did yeah. <laughs> yeah, i did yeah. it's expensive okay. to change it you know oh right but that yeah. would be dope if you had like seven l's in your fucking name just mal or no that's sorry i'm ruining that that's, that's a lot of a's, a's. <laughs> that was six, <laughs> yeah, a's. six a's yeah, yeah. you know solid six. it's hard to prolong an l <laughs> yeah. anyways sorry well this week's episode we're focusing on cleopatra and man, dude, I didn't know anything about Cleopatra. I just like assumed she was part of the old walk, like an Egyptian Sphinx uh, pyramid era. Well, I didn't even know who Elizabeth Taylor was. I thought that Elizabeth Taylor was Cleopatra this whole time. <laughs> right. I didn't know a lot about Cleopatra either, and I don't think I learned a lot about Cleopatra in like high school <laughs> yeah. either. Right. 
Yeah, no, I we didn't talk about her at all, I don't think. But yeah, I mean, not only was she not like the traditional Egyptian pharaoh that you would like think about when you're talking about mummies right. and tombs in the Great Pyramids of Egypt, like she was a part of a much later but still Egyptian rule, like north, and she was Macedonian Greek, they say in the book. She was like exactly as Egyptian as Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> Pretty much. She wasn't Egyptian Basically, at she all. she wasn't Egyptian nope. whatsoever. She yeah. wasn't Egyptian, but she did know Egyptian. She didn't yeah. know the language. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. I thought this was crazy. Her family, the Ptolemies, had ruled in Egypt since Alexander the Great, like hundreds of years before. Years, yeah. And she was the only one of all the Ptolemy rulers to learn the Egyptian language. Mm-hmm. Learn the, learn yeah, the language her brother of the didn't know. She, she was ruled. like a she was like a pretend Egyptian yeah, poser. Yeah. <laughs> Posers. <laughs> it's a story full of posers, I think. So yeah, our story begins in Alexandria, Egypt, even before the birth of Jesus Christ, if you want to go ahead and say that that happened. In the middle of the first century BC, and here I got to explain, like we were just talking about, BC's weird. The years start to count backwards. So the most recent year in BC was year one. Right. Did we ever figure out why they do that? I have no idea. I don't. Okay. Yeah. They count backwards once you get to BC. And so when you see the first century BC, it sounds like way older than it is. It was actually yeah. like the most recent century of BC. Sure. I still don't understand that. It but... just, it feels like yesterday really to me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, time flies, man. And yeah. so in the beautiful Egyptian capital of Alexandria, and you know, while I was reading this book, I'll acknowledge our source material here. We read... Uh, Cleopatra, A Life by Sarah Schriff. And it won a Nobel Peace Prize. Like, pretty, it was pretty good. It a, was, no, excuse me. A Pulitzer Prize. Oh, Pulitzer. sure. Pulitzer. Is that how you say that? Uh, Pulitzer. That was Pulitzer. Pulitzer. I think it's Pulitzer. Pulitzer. Okay. Well, I'm, sl- I'm just... It's a prize. We'll work on Yeah. <laughs> but, so it is a great... It's like the definitive work on her. But even so, lots of things can't be largely like proved about her life and even like when you go to quoted lines of cleopatra we have only one a written one she gave like some uh wasn't that a love note of some sort no uh she had like a secretary that worked for her she gave her a decree that said oh yeah it shall be done right and that's like the only written word we have of her wow all of the everything in here is in this whole episode. It's pretty fitting. If it was, it shall be done. There was a lot of things that she was just like, no, nah, it shall be done. Mm-hmm. Like, she whatever I say, kind of, you know, she was, uh, she um, definitely put into force her destiny. <laughs> whatever. You know, that when I, make any sense. so this story will include Egypt and Rome largely. And I was always fascinated with Rome and I thought that it would be such a cool place to like time travel to, but I'm pretty sure that everything I thought about Rome I was actually just wanting to go to Alexandria, Egypt at this time. Yeah. Because apparently... Mm-hmm. Now, Alexandria sounds dope as fuck. Way so. cooler than Rome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, at this time they say that Rome is the new up-and-coming superpower in the world. But Egypt had been this long-standing sovereign kingdom that was the richest in all the land. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen 300, but you know that... Uh, have you... Um, it's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. It came out in high school. so Whenever so, it came out, that was the last time so I saw it. So to properly oh. capture the whole uh, workings of the political system at the time in Russia, 
Rome was the leader. They ruled everybody. But Egypt had done what they were asking the guy to do in 300. So a messenger shows up to Sparta from the Persian Empire and says, All you gotta do is kneel to our king and we'll let you keep your kingdom. But that just essentially makes you a governor, no longer a a king. Yeah, you can't do it. But here's the thing Egypt did that. Egypt was in Rome's pocket and they knew they weren't in control of their own land anymore. Whatever was happening in Rome, they But at the same time they also knew that they were still kind of like kind of free reigns. They were still able to do, you know, it wasn't like the Romans. Well, and the Romans didn't want to overthrow Egypt because they got all their grain supplies and a lot of their wealth from Egypt. You'll see throughout the story, they, like, fund their war campaigns (coughs) constantly because nobody was as rich as Cleopatra at the time. Super cool, man. A woman was the richest person on Earth at the time. Pretty progressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. She was one of many female leaders it wasn't rare to be a female leader back then especially so not i think Egypt. that's i think that's just really cool um partly why we picked cleopatra was for women's history month oh yeah and shining a light on cleopatra and not just on her sex life but her, her um uh famous like discoveries as a scientist a political leader yeah she was like um, an alchemist you could even say yeah, she was yeah. really big in the botany Women's rights magic. in Alexandria um, almost far exceeds. Um, and they say in the book that at this time, Alexandria, Egypt was like the Paris of the world. Like, super progressive. The streets smelled like incense. You would walk down right. like huge marble colonnades with statues everywhere. Right. And like they said, they loved female rulers there. They, their favorite god was one called Isis, an Egyptian god that was a female. And whenever they got, like, Cleopatra was the name of our focus today, but she had been, like, there was several other Cleopatras before her. You know, like... It is good to know Cleopatra isn't actually her name, guys. No, dude, almost like a mantle. Like, all her brothers went by Ptolemy, which was their, like, family moniker. So, but in Alexandria, specifically... Female rulers were heralded, and she did a great fucking job. Everyone loved her, and, I mean, honestly, I can't believe that there was such a gap then, from then to now, where all of a sudden we just didn't give chicks chance to, I don't know, she did a great job. She was, mm-hmm. she was a badass. Yeah, they say she was Cleopatra the Seventh, but someone somewhere lost count, so... We don't know they if she just, was the... They just say Cleopatra. Right. She's like Madonna. She well, she's probably like name. one of the most important Cleopatras, if not the one important Cleopatra. You know, like I said, I didn't even know that Cleopatra, I thought that was just her fucking, I thought that it was Audrey Hepburn, okay? I legitimately <laughs> or thought. Or Elizabeth Taylor. Or yeah, that's right. See? <laughs> but you know, Audrey what Hepburn know? does a little bit more for me than Elizabeth Taylor, but whatever. So let's break into it. Cleopatra was a member of the Ptolemy royal family that had ruled Egypt dating back to Alexander the Great. If you don't know Alexander the Great, he had been previously like the largest controller of the world land ever, like the biggest empire ever made that stretched much of the known world at the time. And Alexander, when he died, had basically delegated the ancient kingdom of Egypt to one of his generals, Ptolemy Sadr. And this was basically her great, 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 great grandfather. So yep. the family had kept the royal blood going all this time. And even though the people of Egypt knew that they were a form, uh, like a foreign royal family, they were the blood right. They ruled, and people just put up with it. And until uh, 
Cleopatra that we're talking about today, like we said, nobody even learned their own language. Like, your ruler right. didn't even talk the same language as you. That would be super weird. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I, I do want to say, too, like, the whole, from from just the start of that family, um, that bloodline, it was pretty fucked up, just how monarchies, you know, this isn't the only um, case of, like, how monarchies, you know, have a lot of incest. If you don't know what incest is, it means having sex <laughs> I think with everyone other knows family members. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they would just be murdering fucking brothers and sisters, having sex with each other. Yeah, it's pretty important to note that, like, everyone in Cleopatra's family was a definite murderer. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah, murderer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then the book also mentioned that that took, like, the incest part took care of the pesky in-laws. They did. Because That's everybody right. just knew each other. Right. So there, there were, were no, no there were no surprises. It yeah, reads very sure. Game of Thrones-like. Yes. Like, yeah, oh, I was, man. I was very, um, it was, uh, yeah, related to Game of Thrones a lot. Like, and who was the heir to the throne and right. everything like that. I started fantasizing that Cleopatra was more, like, resembled more of, like, the humpback Notre Dame. Because when you get incest, sometimes you get some, you know, kind of weird, you know, thinking like oh, the hills have eyes. Kind oh, of, right. Know? Oh, so you're thinking yeah, maybe you're she not, has I'm some... not far off, because I mean, in mm-hmm. actual, you know, all jokes aside, you keep banging your sisters and your brothers and your your dads mm-hmm. and your cousins and, you know, <laughs> your second you're going to have some goofy looking offspring. Oh, for sure. Well, so here I'll say we already talked about how Rome basically had Egypt, like, on a leash. But she was the last sovereign ruler of Egypt. I didn't know this. When she died in 30 BC, so 30 years before the current calendar took over, Right. Egypt wouldn't be a sovereign nation again until the 20th century. So in the 1900s, like, it mm. recently regained its own country status. I didn't know that at all. I, I don't think I caught that either until just now. Alright, so let's set the mood. So when Cleopatra was a kid, her father, Alides, or Ptolemy? Ptolemy. The twelfth. Yeah. <laughs> um, he basically pissed everyone in Egypt off when he let his brother, who commanded the island nation of Cyprus, just north of Egypt, basically be so threatened by Rome that he ended up killing himself. And they deposed him. He left the country, and just like I was saying... Everyone in Egypt was basically in Rome's little leash. He went mm-hmm. to Rome and just begged and offered people favors, trying to get them to reinstate him as the king of Egypt, right. even though he wasn't. His daughter, Berenice, took over. But eventually, Rome would reinstate him. He would return and murder his daughter, who was Cleopatra's older sister. There you go again with them fucking killing family members. Yeah, I mean, you right off the bat, you start the tour. Like, imagine being Cleopatra. Your dad finally comes home, murks your sister, who had yeah. been watching the country for right. the time he was gone. And no, wait, wait, let me let me say that. Say it again. Kills your sister. Kills <laughs> your daughter. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, it would be hard to do, but it happened a lot in this story. So, finally, when he gets back, kills his daughter, and takes over. He would die soon after. Let me say this again. Kills his daughter. <laughs> so ruthless. Sorry, I just have to send it home one more time. Yeah, right. I think nowadays we're just like, oh, okay. 
Like, no, that is crazy. Yeah, that's insane. That's fucking crazy. That's man. insane. That's a news story. I'll, I'll just, get, I'll just fucking kill news. my daughter when I get home. That's the main difference story. between the leaders in this story and leaders nowadays is just that we would never expect all of our world leaders to be banging and killing each other as much as they were For in sure. these stories. It's For just sure. that's what's so weird about it. It reads like Game of Thrones because of that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So when Elites told me that the 12th, dies in 51 BC, he had appointed Cleopatra and her younger brother, Ptolemy the 13th, as joint rulers of Egypt. The two had actually been married since Cleopatra was 18 and her younger brother was just 10. There Ick. you go again. Oh man, marrying your sibling. <laughs> A 10 year old too. Well, and I'm sure they were expected to, you know, produce more for the bloodline. Hopefully they had know... like a little uh, asterisk in there where she could wait until he was like Right, seventeen or something before they had to start. But maybe like ten, because you know they died at such an early age. Maybe ten, like maybe it was like dog years back then. Because even Julius Caesar was fifty-two when she met him, and they they got it going. Hmm. That's probably pretty. But maybe like ten years old equates to like being a twenty-five-year-old these days. (gasps) That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. It was like. Dog years. So the joint leadership established by her dad was never an agreeable arrangement. And at the young ages of 13 and 21 years old, Cleopatra and her brother were embroiled in a civil war for the right to the throne of Egypt. They did not get along. They were literally, like, had warring factions. And during this time, just north, the all-powerful and ever-expanding Roman Empire was in the middle of the same thing, a civil war. Two Roman generals... Gnaeus Pompeius Magnus, or Pompey, as they called him, and the great Julius Caesar fought for control of the Roman state. At this time, Rome was still a republic, and the two men represented opposing viewpoints of the Roman Senate. Both were super accomplished former warriors, and the rivalry came to a head when Julius Caesar defeated Pompey in the Battle of Pharsalus, I think it's, in 48 BC. Oh, Versailles. No, no, I don't think it's that. Pharsalus. Oh, okay, never mind. After the the (laughs) defeat, General Pompey flees to Egypt because, of course, when Cleopatra's dad was up there in Rome, he was probably promising a great deal of favors to guys like Pompey if they would reinstate him. So when he gets beat by Julius... He heads down to Egypt, where he he's thinks like, he's going to be. Yeah. I'll fucking go down to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Swing down no. to and also, do we Going think that the word pompous comes from Pompey? Who even knows? I, I mean, know. it could Yeah, definitely. Where's our uh, Where's our word Please. Word wizard, Garrett? Oh, I mean, I could look it up. But... <laughs> Just kidding. Well, here in Egypt, he thought he would be offered favor and refuge. Instead, he's assassinated right on the beach as he arrives in Egypt. By yeah. Cleopatra's brother, Ptolemy the Thirteenth. Well, he's also ten. Yeah, you know, well, I think that just, it, that makes it worse that a little ten-year-old kid's like off with his head. Right. And you know that he doesn't even understand the emotional like. For oh sure. my god! Cut his head off right yeah. on the beach. Like Game of Thrones when that little Joffrey. The, the Joffrey. Oh gosh. Yeah, Joffrey's a the little, little boy bitch. rulers are the worst. You know, we should just start mm-hmm. calling him Joffrey because you know what? Now that you mention that, Ptolemy, whatever number he is. You know, Cleo's younger brother definitely acts a lot like Joffrey. Yes. You're going to hear it in a sec here, too, like when he... But it plays into it a little bit because this assassination was probably something that the 10-year-old or 13-year-old at this time, Ptolemy, thought would maybe impress Julius Caesar. Right. But they say that 
Caesar, at the very least, feigns sorrow at hearing of the death of his former ally and offers a pardon to any of Pompey's forces that agree to join him. That's a pretty slick move, you know, like, hey, the guy I was fighting against died. If y'all want to join me, I won't fucking punish you. Pretty I cool. I will kill you. you know? And then Julius you. himself decides that he needs to go down to Alexandria, Egypt, and solve this little civil war going on against one of his most powerful allies. So he arrives in Alexandria, and this is when we get into the part of the movie that uh, that she sneaks back into her own capital. Like, oh yeah, right. Julius Caesar takes over Alexandria. Sure. Ptolemy is there talking with him. He's got forces everywhere. Yep. They're battling against Cleopatra's forces. Yes. So she hides in, like, what did they say? A, a burlap rug? sack? Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you watch the movie or did you. What, See, I didn't. I, that's uh, one thing I want to clear up. I did up. a I didn't little watch bit the movie. of both. You did? Oh, okay. So in the, in the book, they say well, that she. I, I didn't watch the Elizabeth Taylor movie. Okay. But in I watched the, some, like, documentaries. Some documentaries. I didn't yeah. know, because in the book they said that she, like, came in on, like, a, a waterway in mm-hmm. a boat yeah. with, like, a, a materials deliver, and she was in, like, a burlap sack. Right. And then she's very familiar with her kingdom. She yeah. sneaks to wherever Julius Caesar is, and then that's the point where possibly she was, like, rolled up in a rug and, like, delivered to him, and then right. flops and out then of she it. Right, like, like, hey. Yeah. Mallory said it's that this Cleo. is how she's going to start meeting eligible bachelors She's oh just... i just thought it, it it'd be great to have a date rolled up in furniture delivery yeah you know really cool like hey meet me at fucking so-and-so bar at seven and then they like they get there and all of a sudden some dude's like hey you ordered a rug it's <laughs> <laughs> like no you pop and out and like hey! the date is in the rug like you know how people like... hide in wedding cakes Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking surprise. more like Mallory yeah. That's would cooler. order a rug. That's way cooler. And not only would the rug come, <laughs> yeah. uh, a guy with a decent job uh, and a decent track record would show up, no and criminal an history, and an ID, <laughs> and he would just flop on your Has to floor. have an ID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, like that. That'd be great. But, you know, Cleo. Wouldn't it be crazy if you go on a fucking Tinder date, right, and you mm-hmm. show up and you both get delivered in rugs? And you're like, wait a second. Oh, that was my idea. Yeah. And you guys get married, have kids. You it know, all started with a rug. <laughs> all started with... All started on a red carpet. And wrapped up in a rug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they did say that Cleopatra was quite the prankster. And um, I think that was that was a really good prank. I don't know. I, I think it's... Sneaking into it's, her own It's capital. pretty sneaky. And it pissed Being her brother off. Sack. Because, like, she immediately gains an audience with the great ruler and gets him into her bed like right away yeah they just start banging right away and you know one of the things they talked about in the book was always like was cleopatra hot right Right. and then they found this coin in um uh, i forget which country but they found this coin and it looked like probably turkey when they were together in tarsus Uh... they coined a lot of like yeah. Either way. Yeah, and it said they were you know, going off how she looked on a coin. Right, and it looked like her nose was broader, her lips were thinner than history says they were, and it's like the only thing we can talk about is that like oh shoot she wasn't as pretty as we thought she was on the coin. 
Like, we couldn't say anything else about, like, oh, cool, they discovered a coin. Like, no. It's right. just all, it's about, like, her, all about her physical she, appearance. She, yeah. Hot. But was she hot? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Was she hot? So now, Julius himself arrives and occupies Alexander, Alexandria with only a few tattered legions of men. I mean, he had just come off his civil war with Pompey. And he's trying to control this city and solve this civil war. Well, all of the sudden, while he's trying to restore order between these two royal siblings, outside, multiple people who were not about to let the capital crumble to outside forces started setting up shop and locking the city down. Basically, Julius Caesar was locked in Alexandria and could have very realistically been killed yeah, at that sure. point. Mm-hmm. And even at this point, some of the Roman generals, because her brother is... A non-factor, Achilles and Patinus, who's a eunuch, and one of her former tutors. If you don't know what the word eunuch means, it means you're balls yeah, no balls, man. No yeah, balls. Right. Your balls off. And no one a really wants big to thing be the eunuch. Then. I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really know that. That it was one of those deals where, where like you were telling me, Mikey, you know, if you were expect, you know, you were a tutor, or you wanted to be an aspiring tutor, you just had to get your balls cut off to. Oh, eunuchs could only... Tutors could only be eunuchs? Yeah, they wouldn't let you right, go yeah. teach Cleopatra fucking math because they thought oh. you'd start banging her. Oh, my God. So they literally yeah. were like, the only person who's going to teach my daughter is going to be a eunuch. Going to be yeah. ballless. Right. But yeah, I mean, so this is the point where this whole story just becomes a constant soap opera, like the entire time. And you could argue it ends with the downfall of both countries. Definitely, eventually. Yeah. So, like I said, her brother, who had maybe enjoyed the upper hand in the war of the siblings thus far, was about to be super duped by his sister. Not only does she sneak in and gain his bedside, outside the city walls, military leaders of the Egyptian armies had just assa- that had just assassinated Pompey were, weren't so ready to let another Roman decide the fate of their throne. Achilles and Patinus would team up to lead the siege of the capital that very re- realistically could have killed him. And like I said, uh, Achilles and Patinus enjoyed some early success outside the city against Caesar's 4,000 far from home and far outnumbered men. They had more than 20,000 men, so like five times as many. They trapped Damn. Caesar in the city while they laid siege. Outside the city gates, the Egyptian people rallied at first behind Achilles and Patinus, deciding for more of a local flavor than the out-of-town Roman general, and even accepted her younger sister, Arsinoe, the youngest of the Ptolemy sisters, or excuse me, Ptolemy sisters, as the new queen of Egypt. So while Cleopatra had been queen, her sister just now says, I'm queen. Right. And she has Achilles killed and just appoints a new dude who she likes better. So these people are just constantly killing, like, Whoever they don't yeah, trust for, for a second. Sure. Yeah, like if you're bored, if you wake up bored in in Egypt, just you know, just kill someone, just like make a story happen. It happened quite a bit. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I think I'm just. But during the I haven't siege, killed anybody in a while. I don't have any plans today? During, <laughs> during the siege, Julius Caesar is able to summon a force of his own from surrounding allied lands, like you would think of the world leader at the you time. You would hope. And he finally easily squashes the resistance. He just he just calls out to a bunch of fucking elephants and lions and fucking baboons. And he they then, come to the aid. 
mm-hmm. like George of the Jungle. And where he yeah. then restores Cleopatra as the undisputed queen of the richest country in the ancient world. And her brother apparently died during this battle. But we'll see it oh, pop up did. where maybe he didn't maybe die. Yeah, or maybe he just like went on a vacation. Over to you know, with how like, many over like to Fiji and had a good time. With on his how own. many like poisons and stabbings? Because if you if you were gonna get assassinated, you were either poisoned, you were stabbed to death, stabbed to death with a bunch of daggers, or decapitated. That's another big one. Oh, mm-hmm. I love in I this story see... they always drag people out. It said like drug out into the streets like five oh, times. Oh right, like True. he was drug out into the streets and killed, which makes sense because you don't want to get blood all over. Your, your clothes. No. Yeah, no, or in where you're hanging out. Like, oh, yeah. bring them out in the streets. Kill right. them out there. Right. Yeah, don't want right. Out. You don't want any stains. I just kept hearing it like, they drug them out into the streets and kill them. Yeah, don't kill them inside. That, that's the house rule. Yeah. I think, <laughs> <laughs> no right. killing inside, everybody. Just drag them outside. We got one rule here in this family, no killing inside. Well, now a different kind of story starts, because now that the battle for the thrones in Rome and Egypt was, for the time being, super settled. I mean, we know. It's Julius Caesar and it's yeah. Cleopatra. Yeah. The mm-hmm. brand new power couple, mm-hmm. despite their illegitimacy, because I must mention, Julius Caesar was married to a woman named Calpurnia back home. <laughs> that doesn't seem to matter at all during this whole story. No. No, Calpurnia nor is... does it really ever matter at, at, at like any point in history where there's just monarchs no. compa- you know, combating other monarchs, you know, like... Yeah. But they would embark on somewhat of a victory tour down the Nile through Cleopatra's ancient and still glorious kingdom. And this excursion down the Nile sounds crazy. They were followed by hundreds and hundreds it was of like, boats. It was like 400 boats, dude, four or 500 boats. Just to fleet. bring this dude on a tour. And they said that when they looked at the Sphinx, one of those popular tourist attractions by the Giza pyramids yeah. in Cairo... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It had been covered in sand for a thousand years. Just Which to show nuts. how old I the actual I I Egyptian even... story we think of is. Like, for sure, dude. This is a See, totally I thought going phase. into Cleopatra, like, we were like... I mean, I also Walk knew that, like... like an Egyptian. <laughs> well, like, the, you know, the pyramids and, like, the Sphinx and thinking, shit. I figured yeah. that within, it would be within, like, the last, like, couple hundred years. I was years. like, I wonder if she's buried in a pyramid. Right. Nope. They don't even right. know where it's Yeah, she is. we don't yeah. even know. We don't even know if like anything's really like everything's kind of a rumor. I mean When you really think about it, we do, do have we we don't even really know if she actually exists. These are all just rumors. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we just have so much time on our hands to Well anyways <laughs> this victory tour slash impromptu honeymoon lasted for months. And keep in mind, Julius had just secured power in Rome. And here he is off with this showboating around and i mean you know you can say she probably was just having relations with this dude for political reasons but yeah i mean she really trapped multiple people in her like spell they there must have been something to her she reminds me of a big spider i don't know man the most <laughs> powerful man on earth just gains power of his country and instead of going home to the capital where he could further his political reign he yeah. just goes on a cruise with Cleopatra yeah, like, right. for months and months. And it was yeah. like, so they say that it very realistically created some annoyance back in Caesar's Rome where he had not set foot since consolidating power, even while supporters of the slain Pompey still hadn't fully accepted the fate of their efforts. Lucky 
for him, his right hand man, Mark Antony. Dude, it's almost kind of like when Trump, um, you know, got in on the first term in 2016. He just went on a, he went on tour. Oh. Remember when he went on tour for like fucking three months? Well, I was going to say, this would have well, been like if Bill Clinton would have just like ran off with Monica Lewinsky. Right. But, oh, yeah. But if Monica was like a ruler of a different country. Sure. And we were all just like, yeah, I or guess like, we, we no. picked Bill, but Bill's off with, but we yeah. know how Bill is. When's right. Bill coming back? Yeah. I don't know. It's been months. <laughs> and it's Last time like, I heard, he's been just cruising down the river. With, uh, with, with Monica. With Monica, yeah. yeah. Monica, he just Bill, got and Bill and Mon. Bill and Mon. And that's kind of how it seems. Have you like, seen his fucking Instagram story? But again, yeah. this was like a little bit more... He checked in at a... Yeah, it was right. more normal back then. And lucky for him, he had this right-hand man, Mark Antony, who was taking care of Rome while he was gone. And Mark was doing a pretty good job. And I was talking to Mallory about this. I love how all of the names in this story, like Calpurnia, mm-hmm. Julius Caesar, yeah. Cleopatra, Octavian, and then we got Mark. Mark. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's Mark. like it's like how Minneapolis like sister city is St. Paul. Like just Yeah. Boring. Right. <laughs> like Minneapolis is like so cool sounding and then St. Paul. Yeah. <laughs> well, eventually the unrest from Pompey's followers would finally lure Caesar to leave. And he would he would eventually have some great victories in Africa just squashing all of Pompey's supporters and mm-hmm. would return to Rome in glorious fashion. Everyone still thinks he's great, even though he took that huge vacation. Yeah. And <laughs> that's when Cleopatra does the best baby mama move I've ever heard. Baby mama move. The baby mama move. Oh, the baby mama move. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talking baby mama. Baby mama. So, <laughs> before he left our great queen to seal his victory against Pompey's supporters, Cleopatra had become pregnant. And it's important to note that we're not really sure if he was fathered by Julius Caesar, but I'm pretty sure that Julius wanted to like say that he could father a kid because there's a lots of rumors that he was like either sterile or not able to. Well, with all his like sexual, you know, he did have his wife back home, but it was also very well known. That he just would bang whoever he wanted to, you know. But there was mm-hmm. something to be but he gained never had by it. having Cleopatra had his child. Because not only did she give him a son, which at this point was way better than a daughter, unfortunately. Um, if you're talking about royal bloodlines. Yeah. But there was something undoubtable <clears throat> about this child's blood. Because not only was it Julius Caesar's child, it was the queen of Egypt's. Right. So mm-hmm. this child had some... Pretty much had the right. Some if throne it was it, Yeah, yeah. Throne yeah, crap, a lot definitely. of claim to the throne. And as Caesar settles back in Rome after his brilliant success against the Pompey supporters, Cleopatra readies herself and her new baby son, Caesarian, she named him. I can't stop thinking about Caesarian section. Oh, I know, me, yeah. me too. Caesarian. I was thinking maybe that's where Caesarian sections, like does. C-sections, came from. Hmm. Like maybe she wanted a Caesarian and said she just had the, had the baby and called it a Caesarian. Right. But she shows up in Rome, like, just like you think she would. And it's pretty, maybe, accurately captured in the Elizabeth Taylor movie. Like, she's got just people fanning her with palms. And incense smoking so much that it's, like, covering the city in smell. And she is just so dope. See, I wish I'd watched even a little bit of that. Because, like, there's so many... There's a couple points in the book where I'm like, oh, so this is where they get the inspiration for Mm -hmm. the movie. You know, like... 
Yeah, for sure. There was 43 different films made about Cleopatra. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a little mm-hmm. snapple yeah. fact there. Yep. Yeah, that's a fun fact. We only know one um, of them, though. Shakespeare really started it and um, really coined her like as, you know, a mysterious right. seductress. And, um, and then slowly over time, like Elizabeth Taylor, and then um, now they're starting to kind of make her more popular as like a... Ugly. A scientist and no, not ugly. Um, (laughs) No, as like a as a a scientist, a a very influential political leader, and her, you know, her. um, Because she can't uh, be. People loved her. She doesn't behave like a seductress. Like the leader of Rome just had your baby. He gets home. She shows up in a power move and consolidates her power with him. And usually, you would think that your leader. Having a baby outside of his marriage would be a huge scandal. No, he was like proud with her showing up with yeah. all her might, with all right. these slaves like lifting her in in a parade type situation. Like sure. she was showing up, like yeah, guess who you just had a baby with? Yeah. The 22nd richest person of all time, Ooh, right. 95 billion dollars net worth is what they estimate she had. Yeah, and I mean. He, she was about to fund a lot of shit he needed anyway. Dude, she Jeff knew. Bezos should start taking taking some fucking How come we don't talk about whether or not Jeff Bezos is hot? Because he's not. Oh, he he's definitely not. But we're no. arguing about Cleopatra. Exactly. Yeah. Anyways, it might have been hard for her to distinguish Rome as the new world. Because she had just come from Alexandria. And if you looked at Rome, even though it very much was the new world and the ever-expanding empire, right. it just smelled like ox piss. And it was gross. <laughs> yeah. It was gross. Yeah, Like, they were sure. saying Rome was so nasty and oh, shitty. God. And she probably got there and was like, God damn, are you serious? What is, going, what is wrong with you people? I mean, like, Gotham City took over the new world. Yeah. You know? And she's forced to live... Not with Julius and his wife, of course. She's, like, in the city center spot. When they would explain, like, just, like, the the ambience that you'd walk into, like, in the city streets of Rome, it reminded me a lot of, like, Whitechapel, where Jack the Ripper would, you know... Like, old around. London? Oh, very Old London, where it's just, like, there's shit fucking where running they... down the streets, and, you know, people are... You know, people are... I don't know. Just doing dirty things. <laughs> It's debaucherous in nature. Like, anyway, like when they just throw trash out the like on the people street. People are throwing poop out like the windows. Yeah, I just think of the sewer Set system. Up. Really, is what I'm. Yeah, like old at. New York kind of. Yeah, I just couldn't imagine being like, like walking down the street and just seeing some lady, you know, fucking dump a bucket of poop and pee out her window and. Oh, well, gosh. and to give you some reference, um, oh, Rome Cleo. Had, I'm Rome, kind of getting off track here. Rome had I, don't just, know, I don't even know if they did that in Rome. I just <laughs> imagine they did. <laughs> they probably did. Rome had just surpassed Alexandria's population and were just over a million at this time, just to give you Oof. a point. And during this time, Caesar, possibly due to the influences of his queen mistress, began to consolidate power over Rome in the way that greatly undermined the long-standing view of Rome as a republic. He was starting to act like a king. Right. He was like, he had just uh, eventually earned this new title as dictator for life, but also earning him the growing disapprovals of many of the Roman senators who began to conspire against him because they were like, this isn't Rome, we can't have a king or a dictator. So on the Ides of March, which is just a name for the 15th day in March, 
that used to be uh, full what? of religious events and also kind of like a tax settling day in Rome. Mm. Uh, oh, tax day. It used to be tax day uh, a mm. month earlier than we have it now. But mm. Caesar is summoned to a meeting with other senators. And Julius would be attacked by his conspirators and led by Senators Brutus and Cassius. He was stabbed 23 times during the meeting, and he died right there. there All the Caesars get killed. Oh, they do. It's almost like not said, even cool like... to be a king in the ancient world. It's oh, like, no, it's like a target on your back. You're gonna die. Like, yeah. I don't even understand so... why anyone would want it. And, like, if you aren't gonna die, you're just paranoid that you're gonna die. All so, the time. And then you can't even enjoy it. Dude, anything. imagine, wouldn't it be crazy, though, if, like, one of our presidents just got fucking stabbed to death? At the Capitol. Yeah, that'd be insane. You know, like... I mean, it's like, only happened, like, the... three times in America in our 200, but this happened to, like, every Roman Empire. Right. Yeah, like, don't get attached. Or yeah. you're just gonna get drug out into the street, not inside. Not inside. We don't kill inside. And kill. We don't kill inside. Well, even another thing, too, is, like, Cleopatra, whenever, um... Because she was, again, going back to, um, alchemy, I guess... She was really big on trying to figure out a concoction, like a poison for herself. Like, we'll get into this maybe a little bit later when it comes to her death and maybe the conspiracies behind it because I don't I heard about that, it. but it also seemed really easy for them to just eat poison figs because they had them everywhere. True, true. Poison figs? True. I'm just, yeah. Figs? Apparently figs, like oh. some of them are poison. Oh my God. Jeez. I'm never going to eat a fig newton Be careful again. if you eat some fig newtons out there. <laughs> yeah, right. Fig newtons. But yeah, she would just, um, it would just be really sad because she would just use prisoners to fucking, she'd be like, hey, taste this. And if you ever, if you were a prisoner or just anybody low enough in society where Cleopatra's like, hey, you want to taste this for me? Oh, You're yeah. going to die. They've got to be they all, They're always all too. poison. Yeah. You know? Right. He's like, here, I just want to see how your body reacts to it, whether it's violent or, you know, or not, because I just want to have a, I just want to, she's just fucking... Killing prisoners with prison. Well, anyways. The <laughs> <laughs> Poison. The aftermath of Caesar's death leads to yet more unrest in Rome, of course. Like, their leader's gone. Caesar's right-hand man, Mark, Antony, <laughs> does his best to minimize damage to the Roman government, as once again, opposing political views battle for the control of Rome. Before his death, Caesar had named his grandnephew Octavius as his heir who at the time of Caesar's death was only 18 and, like, super sickly and skinny and not... I don't know why he didn't name Mark Antony, but whatever. Because of his age, frail stature, and political inexperience, many Romans, leaders, including Mark, may have not taken this appointment as seriously as they maybe should have, because we'll see. Octavian wins. Nevertheless, Mark Antony and Octavian would join forces to extinguish the rebellion that had launched Rome into yet another civil war. After the brutal Battle of Philippi, in which over 100,000 men clashed, Octavian and Mark stood victorious over the rebel leaders Brutus and Cassius, the ones that had planned Octavian's uncle's assassination, and then both of whom committed suicide in the aftermath. Like, all, a lot of these people just... Kill yeah, themselves. If, if they're like, ah, they oh, I lost. Like, there's so no Brutus reason and Cassius to... lose, yeah. and they commit suicide. Yeah. They just, I wonder if they did it together. They really held their dignity. Like, <coughs> they, you know, they they wanted to go out on their own terms. I guess. I guess. And I I'll stab you, and then you stab prison me. Prison conditions were probably horrible. Oh yeah, oh, yeah so for sure. Even more, like you're not even gonna get three square and like books you can rent from the library. <laughs> you know, like 
You, you're just gonna... It's gonna be like a dirt You're just pit. gonna rot. Octavian and Antony would form the Second Triumvirate and for a time serve as co-rulers of Rome. Mark would rule the East and Octavian the West. It was immediately clear to both Antony and Cleopatra that they were now extremely important allies to each other, like right away. Because he was supposed to be waging these wars and expanding their empire east, and who was the richest person in the east? Cleopatra. And the person (laughs) that his old ruler had just been bedded up with. So, it's not hard to see what happened. It's, It's pretty obvious. Anyways, but Cleopatra would play this extremely coyly. As Mark Antony was stationed in Tarsus, which is now Tur- Turkey, excuse me, he sent many invitations to the Egyptian ruler, like, hey, come meet with me, which she was super slow to respond to, like, yeah, you'll get to it. He sent, <laughs> he sent many... I'll get to it. <laughs> now that a temporary band-aid had been slapped on the Roman government, Antony sought to further his military success and cultivate popularity among his Roman subjects, and he could no doubt not achieve this unless he was able to wage a successful war against the Parthian Empire, which was nowadays northern Iran, which were always threatening Rome from the east. So if there's one threat to Rome, it's the Parthians, and they're always coming from the east, and they're always trying to push them back. But Mm. that feat could not be achieved without the financial assistance of the richest monarch on earth, Cleo. And, I mean, that's where I said, like, her wealth translation to 95 billion. I mean, That's none of the good. other people in this story are even on that list. Yeah. Nobody touches her at this time. And she also knew nine different languages and was able to, you know, um, communicate with all these different countries without the Hell use yeah. of an interpreter, which was really she cool. She was a great politician and ruler. I'll, there's no way she stayed alive. This like All of her sisters and brothers got murked. Right. She is murked. the most savvy. They were all murdered because they didn't know what they were doing. And she definitely played the field and played the game. Well, dude, I mean, even if, you know, going back to, like, um, you know, the disputed, like, was she hot or not? The fact that you're fucking... Was she hot or not? (laughs) I feel like she's Hillary Swank. That's why we picked this topic. (laughs) Right. That's all I wanted to figure out. We still don't know. We don't know. But the fact that she was bilingual in nine fucking languages... Is mm-hmm. hot enough for me. Yeah. We're okay. like, if you have that intelligence to be able to fucking... You're like, honey, tonight I'd like to do a Greek thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. one... Um, also, <laughs> yeah. she she knew this language um, that was an Ethiopian tongue, and it was um, screeching bats. But somehow, Cleo made it, like, sound really cool. Sound really dope. Yeah, oh she God. made it sound real dope. She needs to drop an album. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Screeching Bad album. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> so finally, after so many requests, Cleopatra agrees and readies a fleet bound for Tarsus. Her arrival in Tarsus showed her new maturity and confidence as ruler and rivaled the elaborate nature of her earlier parade into Rome. I mean, they said this time oh, right. it was I even worse. Like, she was so no, bad. Just grander. She had guys dressed as Cupid, like, fanning her on her boat deck while she right. pulled into, like... Everybody was like, holy shit. Like, who the like, fuck is this? These slow-moving the boats with, like, 45 rowers on each side just, right. like, pulling her well, down. Even when you think about, like, when, you know, her and Caesar went on their little love tour, their love boat tour with the 400 boats accompanying them or just following them, or I would imagine they would be, like, in front. 
because you would think if you're gonna make a the grandest parade where you are the spectacle or like the focal point of it, you'd think you'd be at the very just like a fireworks show. You know, at the very end of any fireworks show, you've got the grand finale. Mm-hmm. So imagine four hundred fucking boats coming down the river. And they get crazier and crazier and crazier, and the theatrics get crazier. And then at the very end, just imagine what Cleo. And they said the whole town be. smelled like incense. And like, she shows up in Tarsus with this elaborate parade. And then she does something super cool to prove her upper handedness on Mark. You see, she had developed her skills as a, as a foreign affair leader. Because when Mark offers her a dinner invite, and apparently at the time, it was a mark of standing to be the first person to host the leader. Like, uh, I'm going to okay. have you to my dinner if I'm the person that's got the upper hand. Right. So she oh. turns down his dinner So she can invitation. host her own? Yeah, no. She's like, I'm not going to your dinner. You're coming to mine. You're coming to mine. She's and, hosting the dinner party. Yep. And Sweet. he shows up to her, like, fleet of boats docked in the harbor and she's got lights strung throughout the trees in the harbor she's got they did this cool thing in egypt where they would just have like knee high piles of flower petals when you walked into the room like what yeah they remember this yeah Yeah. knee high piles of flower petals oh yeah dude they were so elaborate and i even went in some of the notes like uh they would they would cook like eight Full pigs on spires, crack their stomachs open, and inside there would be fruit. St- oh, dude! Everything you could <laughs> think of. Some fruit. Egg yolks, I just think this must have been a really small oysters. room. It must have been a really small room to have a knee pile, you know, level of flower petal. That's a lot of flowers. Yeah, that's they, a lot of flower petals. But they were in like one of the most fertile areas in the Mediterranean, the delta of the Nile. Oh, so there was so just... They, yeah, I suppose. Like I said before, they, they, like, they made Rome's food stock work. They provided all the grain, all the rice. Well, it was another the, thing that was said, too, about Cleo, that um, her country never starved. And it was a very good political and tactical move because people that were starving would... Um, Rebel. Be kind of pissed off if they're fucking hungry. So they would mm-hmm. rebel, right? So that was one of the things she made sure during her entire reign is that nobody ever starved. Yeah, she definitely she kept the poor fed, which was a really good move for her. And I'll say, the first night she was there, she only has Mark to the dinner. Then mm. she says, you know what? I just got here. I was so unprepared. This is nothing like you're going to see tomorrow night. She has him bring back a lot of his, you know, high-ranking officials. Yep. And in the third fourth fifth night apparently the feasts are even more elaborate and she goes on to send all of his top ranking guys home with an ethiopian slave to carry a torch back to where they're staying just just out of convenience for them she just gives them a slave right like she didn't want the slave back she gave them a whole person oh my gosh Here's a human being. What a crazy party favor. I mean, you can do whatever you want with the human being after she walks you back with a torch. She's just a, a light bearer for you so you don't trip and fall. And you just get to keep that whole ass. person. Yeah, and you can keep her when you're done. But it's important <laughs> to note that while this relationship, which would become sexual, was happening back home, Mark Antony, just like Caesar, was married to a woman named Fulvia. And 
She was a little bit more in touch with what was going on in Rome. You see, the whole Octavian, Mark Antony split rule wasn't going quite as smoothly as you might think. She had actually mounted an offensive against him and had to flee to Greece. What? Yeah, so Mark Antony's wife. Did we read the same book? Fulvia. Fulvia. Fulvia went to Greece? She, she, she tried to mount an offensive against Octavian, who was always actually in Rome, yeah. while Mark Antony was partying down in Alexandria. Right. Okay? But when she mounts an offensive... Just like Mark Antony was in Rome when Caesar was partying. Was a little bit field. similar. Yeah. I think Alexandria sounds like a party. Yeah, God, take me, take me to Alexandria. Take me back. <laughs> no, but I mean, again, like, so, at this point... She sends... Take me back when the girls are pretty in the... <laughs> <laughs> to Alexandria. <laughs> to Alexandria. <laughs> Cleopatra spent only a few weeks in Tarsus, but it was enough time to again seemingly entrance another Roman ruler, this time the 42-year-old Mark Antony, now in 41 BC. They had both came to an agreement that they would link for the remainder of their lives as allies. Her contribution was going to be funding Mark's military needs going east and fighting the Parthians. And her list of demands included him killing her sister, Arsinoe. Like we said, oh, that's right. all the Ptolemies that. yeah. are killers, right? Like, yup. So far. It's about time to get rid of that other pesky sibling. Yeah, this she is the last one, too, isn't it? Yeah, At this she... point, all her brothers, well, besides Sinoe. Maybe the, yeah, so her sister at this point had been marched through the streets of Rome when she went to visit Julius Caesar in yeah. shackles. Oof. And a lot of people thought it was a little bit distasteful. Sure. Yeah. You know, but the, mm -hmm. so eventually they let her go and live off in exile. But once mm. she earns favor with Mark Antony, she's not ready to have like another person claiming her. She's like, okay, I'm going to give you money to fund your military needs. Please kill my sister. Yeah, yeah. they killed so many people back then. I think there was a character in the book that was relieved to know that he didn't have to kill his mom. And it's just like a typical Wednesday for an ancient Egyptian is like... There's, Sign of the times. There's this to-do list. One, marry my sister. Two, drink a lot of wine. Three, kill my mom. <laughs> oh, wait, cool. Wait, I don't. I don't have to do number nice. three. Yeah. Nice. Man. It's Killing so nice it. when you realize that you don't have to kill your Yeah, like, <laughs> phew. As the winter approached, Mark Antony heads south to join 28-year-old Cleopatra in Alexandria instead of going home, which he probably should have done. And at first, he was seemingly doing as he was supposed to do. In, in Like, his job was to rule the East, expand the Roman Empire and secure funds for their wars. So you could argue that his stay in Alexandria was just to earn funds from Cleopatra. Right. But that's not what happens at all. The same exact thing happened. Well, dude, I'll just say this. There's been so many times where I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to kill my mom. And then, <laughs> thankfully... God, because, Mom, I know you're there. I love you. <laughs> She's still here, and I have had not had to kill her. So I know that doesn't really play into what you were just saying, but... 
Yeah, glad your mom's still alive. Anyways, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, because she was a lovely lady to meet. <laughs> yes, yeah, she's a sweetheart. She's a lovely lady. Everybody's saying it. She's a lovely, <laughs> lovely yep. lady. Mom, please lovely, stop giving lovely, me reasons lovely. to kill you. Yeah. But once again, the trappings of the lavish Egyptian capital was about to keep another Roman ruler a bit too distracted. Antony's time in Alexandria was largely juvenile and very lighthearted. He went on hunting trips, and he pranked about the city when he, like, dressed as a servant. Well, I think it was, I thought it was funny about this, where he, like, the whole time he, like, dresses in garb as if it was, um, just a costume. He but also everybody tried in... to be, like, the god Dionysus. A lot of these yeah. rulers would say, like, okay, I am now the representation of Dionysus, right. the god, like, oh. among humans. And he even asked people to call him that. Yeah. Maybe wow. when your name is just Mark and it's so lame. <laughs> right. Okay, that, Mark. That's well, so, yeah. The funny thing about that though is that everybody at the time was just played along with it, you know? Just out of just good humor. Well you could oh, not sure. play along with the Roman rulers because oh, you would just course. get your head shot. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You yeah, kinda you, had no choice. You that's definitely true. had to placate them a little that's bit. That's true. But that sounds like it could happen like today. You know, like, oh, I'm the reincarnation of this god or goddess. Oh, and then yeah. you know, but the here's extremists where we see out there. That Cleopatra was not just some woman in bed with Roman rulers. Because while Mark seemed to have enjoyment on his mind during his time in Alexandria Cleo seemed to keep her eye on the prize. And there's this interesting story when Mark Antony is fishing in the Nile, or whatever river it happens to be. Oh yeah, this is a good one. And he's not catching anything. He's a little embarrassed that his man skills aren't showing up in front of his uh, ruler girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And she has her servants take fish dive into the water and attach him to his lure. Oh no. my god. Yeah, but it was a dead fish. Just wow. to make him feel good. Right, no, but at the, at the same time, when he did reel in that fish, it was obvious that it was a prank. You wow. know, well, They say that after a few times... Because it was like a dried fish. It was like a dried... It wasn't like a live fish. Like, he reeled it in, and at first he's like, oh yeah, I fucking... I got... Alright, I got something on the line now. Well, when he gets And then he reels it in, and prank, she like... When he gets wise to this prank, she basically says, you are a man that conquers cities and countries. But right. not fishing. Not fish. Yeah, you don't don't worry fish about that, fish. That is so crazy, the leaps Cleo made to like protect the precious male ego for this guy. Yeah, no shit. That is yeah. insane. She was definitely oh my god! these guys' egos. She I knew how to work it, though. Yeah, yeah. I I She knew that like this guy could not handle... Um, any feelings. <laughs> yeah. And during these months, Mark Antony turned 43 in Alexandria. He appeared to Romans as a boy on vacation. Ironic considering he thought the same of Octavian back home, who was, you know, super young, like 18 at the time. And he had, Octavian had banned the use of the word to describe him. You couldn't use the word boy to describe Octavian in Rome. It was legal. Don't do it. Don't call me boy. I hate it's it. It's illegal. And it during no this time, lie. Anthony's wife, Fulvia, this is when she wages an offensive against Octavian as tensions begin. But upon her defeat, she escapes to Greece and sends her husband an urgent message of this development. And just as Mark Antony was finally about to quit his little spring break in Alexandria to resume productivity and mountain offensive against the Parthians, he was forced to return back to Greece to be like, what did my wife just do? 
Antony was offended by his wife's overstep. He still honored his agreement with Octavian. He left to repair relations with Octavian and would never see his wife again. Like, he went, met up with her, heard what happened, left her, and she was sick when he left. And mm. she died before he ever saw her again. He Damn. Just, he basically sided with Octavian over his wife. Right. And soldiers in Rome were hungry for funds that were promised from Antony that he was supposed to secure from his new GF. Right. Cleo. They're and, like, look, we, like, at first weren't cool with you, you know, banging Cleo, but at least bring some of that And the political back. climate was very intense. <laughs> Octavian was super annoyed. So now back in Rome, in an effort to resolve political discourse, it was decided that the recently single Mark Antony should marry Octavia, not Octavian. Yeah, I know, this is where this got confusing yeah. when I was reading the like, book. Right. Why would your sister be right. named Octavia no if shit. you were named Octavian? Also, like, we know they were capable of being original with the name Mark, random. <laughs> like, Octavia and Octavian, like... Let's be more original. It's so confusing. Right. I was trying to think sex, of... like, you might randomly be like, oh, Octavian, or Octavia. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know. oh, God, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just one consonant difference. Ooh. Right. That is she a was, slippery slope. So she was the elder sister of Octavian, the joint ruler of Rome. A royal wedding that would seem to be the antidote to the disagreements between the two and could possibly unite Rome once again. In 39 BC, just as Mark Antony is married off to Octavian's sister, Octavia, 100 miles south, our queen is giving birth to twins, fathered by none other than Mark Antony. So, <laughs> it's so lame that, like, both these dudes were married and both dudes just went off and had kids with, like, yeah, brown yeah. chicken, brown cow. And it cow. doesn't even matter. I don't know. While the news of the marriage most likely came as unsettling news, she, she wasted no time establishing the importance of the two royal-blooded children. Even their names displayed their claims to political importance. She named her kids Alexander Helios and Cleopatra Cellini. Now, she was a descendant of the Alexander the Great rule, so... Right. You can, names were even important back then. Like, what name you gave the kids almost, like, solidified their claims to the throne? I don't know. Oh, Unless definitely. you name them Octavia and Octavian. Yeah, those are too, too similar. Yeah, come on now. For sure. So but in yeah. the spring of 38, Octavia, Mark's new wife, gives birth to a child of his as well. But this is a daughter in an age where male heirs were valued and not so much daughters. Mm-hmm. Parthians continue to threaten in the east, and... Antony dispatches a general to deal with the threat and is super annoyed as the general claims all the success that could have been Antony's if he hadn't been summoned home, dealing with his old wife and his getting into wife. this new wife conundrum. <laughs> even as Got he, my old wife. Even as he rescues Octavian from political upheaval because even Octavian had to deal with a little bit of, like, Hatred, like not everybody liked Octavian. Right. One time, Mark just walks into the Senate, saves him from getting stabbed. Oh, it's not really? great to be the ruler. He's Rome, about man. to be stabbed, and yep. he's like, wow. and Mark was like, "Nope, come with me." All right, guys, come with me. If anyone's doing away. the stabbing, I'm doing the right. stabbing. Jeez. <laughs> but Mark would head east, 
And he would spend the next two years. Wouldn't it be weird if like all like the members of Congress had daggers? They did though. That's what I'm saying. Like Would it be crazy now? Members like of Congress everyone... today? Yeah, it's today. A, I just don't know why anyone wanted to be king back then. Yeah, I would want to be a farmer, like furthest away from the city possible, mm-hmm. because it'd be like, dude, don't get me involved. Yeah, if you, it was almost like if you were part of the the social elite. Well, you just whether had so or not much you're appalled, right? Be killed. For sure. With become well, yeah, the more responsibility, the more stress. So at this point. Mark Antony would move east because, again, he's controlling the east, Octavia in the west. And he would spend the next two years in Athens, enjoying their love of him, he going on cheerfully saying that he's the god Dionysus, and allowing Octavia to be known as the goddess Athena. Just strokes of their ego. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) And she gave birth in 38 BC to another daughter, not a son, fail again. Mm. Here's Cleopatra's always besting these wives. Right. You know? And Octavia was all the while seemingly manipulating the great general. Summoning, or excuse me, Octavian was all the while manipulating the great general. Because all we know is that Mark Antony wanted to go have military success against the Parthians. But Octavian kept saying, hey, I need you to come west for a meeting. And then he wouldn't show up. Almost like delaying Mark's success. There's something going on there. Right. But eventually, this leads to a pact between the two rulers at the behest of Octavia to renew their relationship and solidify Antony's position. They basically sign a contract that says until 33 BC, this joint leadership is in place. It's like a new contract. But Mm -hmm. in the last months of 37 BC, something broke. Maybe at this point, he realized that his brother-in-law and his wife were holding him back. He now focused on how defeating the Parthians would assure him the favor of the people of Rome rather than the two people who had been bossing him around for the two... He wanted to, like, say, who cares what they think anymore? I'm going to go win some new land, and then everyone's going to love me. I mean, I am already a god. (laughs) He keeps saying that. Yeah, (laughs) the reincarnation of one. Yeah. With those thick thighs. Antony, Sarah Schrift just mentions in the book like several times, the mighty thighed Mark Antony. Oh my god. Get over his thighs. Those thighs. She must have had a king. I think it's the skirts that they wear, you can see the quads. You can see part of the thighs. Yeah, and you're like, It's like, very mysterious. Like, does the other part of the thigh look as... What's the top What's the top thigh thigh look like? That's what matters, I feel like. Oh, for sure. Well, there is something to be said about some, some sexy man thighs. Look, I got chicken legs. I got yeah, I don't got good thighs. Chicken ass fucking legs, dude. And I always envy. You I like know. to have. I don't know. Maybe uh, there's some thigh bulbous looking. I'm surprised Cleo nice. didn't. I like to have sex in chaps so <laughs> yeah. that my thighs are covered. <laughs> so my go. thighs look yeah, more okay. geometrically thick. <laughs> I'm surprised Theo didn't make like a like in all of her concoctions. She didn't make like a thigh plumper. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Plump those thighs up. But Antony didn't need that. For those chicken-leg people out there. So here... Yes, right. God, we could all... I could benefit from that. Yeah. So Mark Antony (laughs) sets off for his campaign against the Parthians, and he arrives in Antioch, Syria, and requests Cleopatra to join them. She does this so... Like, she does this time immediately. She comes to see him right away. After three and a half years, 
she hasn't he hasn't even met his kids that he had with her yet. Right. He had twins with her. True. He hasn't even met them yet. Oh my God. It's yeah. three and a half years later. And they would enjoy a beautiful little family reunion of sorts. Instead of the lavish entry that she opened with in Tarsus, this time she would deliver him his three-year-old twins, whom he would finally now meet, and he graciously expanded her client rule over Eastern territories. Like, his, like, concession to her for not being around was like, okay, I'm going to give Egypt a bunch of more lands in the East. And she was like, thank you. That's paid for now. Like, <laughs> you know, she, she was like, this is what made her the richest woman ever was when she secured more lands for Mark. That's probably when the 95 billion dollar. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Sure. She's the richest she's ever been now. Because women back then could own land and if they got divorced, they could still own the land. Oh yeah. And she had never even cool. married either of these men that had given her all this power. Mm-hmm. They right. were both married themselves. She never married either of them. She just got everything she wanted from him, and that's super fucking cool. And at this point, it's safe to say that Cleopatra probably thought that she had backed the right man yet again for her political interests. But she was maybe not right. At 32, she now ruled an empire unmatched for Egypt since the 3rd century BC, so a few hundred years before that, even if technically under the thumb of Rome. But, you know, at this point, she was holding her own. For the next few years, the relationship between Octavian and Antony decayed. So did the view of Antony from Rome. From the perspective of Rome, the mighty general had been corrupted again, just like Julius, by the Queen of Egypt. And it constantly reinforced Antony's views of himself like a godlike king, again like Julius, which got him killed. Like, yeah. they just keep going the god route when everyone in Rome is like, we're trying to do, like, a more democratic thing. Stop <laughs> right, saying that you're right. a god. Yeah, you're sure. not a dictator for life. Yeah. I mean... Well, it'd just be funny to be, like, in a society, the, the, one of the greatest societies, at, well, at the time, in the world, and then have your, you know, your fucking ruler running around pretending that he's a god. So this is the part in the story mm-hmm. where I gotta say that years went by when you can't imagine that Rome, which was such a, like, crazy, volatile political atmosphere, stayed this calm for, like, five or six years. Well, you also Antony got Octavian just... being like, no, but that's what I'm, a, saying. I'm just a dude, guys, like... Look, I'm not fucking pretending to be a fucking deity or a god or anything Exactly, like that. and that's like, why he wins everyone's favor. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. That is why. The Republic oh. of Rome, because I'll, I'll yeah. say it here, the reason that I said... And the, I'm here. The reason that I said here. in the beginning of the episode yeah. that this could have been viewed as the downfall of both Rome and Egypt is because Egypt, their sovereignty, ends at the end of this episode. Rome will go on a little bit longer, but Julius Caesar was the first person to declare himself the emperor of Rome rather than oh, the that's republic. Right. That's right. And a few short generations later, Rome would crumble as well. So you could say that this was the genesis of everything wrong with both countries. Wow. Yeah, the beginning of the end. And yeah. it's like, that's why Cleopatra is more known than the other seven Cleopatras before. Like, yeah, sure. definitely. And I would argue them. more known than Marcus Antony or Julius Caesar. Like well, I feel, yeah. I feel like Cleopatra is like more of a household name than um, Julius Caesar or Marcus Antony, but maybe I'm biased. Well, I mean, if Shakespeare had decided to um, write more about Antony and fucking Octavian, 
I mean, obviously. Yeah, I don't know if there were many, like, plays or soap operas. Like, imagine if, imagine if the 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 movie with Cleopatra with Aubrey Hepburn or. uh, Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, I do it every time. God, you want Every time. I know. You like Audrey so hard. I do. Do you like Audrey? Do you like Audrey Hepburn? Oh, I love Audrey. Yeah, she's... Do you? We have a painting in this. Oh, really? Man. she's such a cutie. Oh, she's super cute. But anyways, so like I was saying, do you know how Antony's rule by a contract ended in 33 BC? Right. So this whole last five, six years, of course... They're not having a great relationship, but they're under contract. So in 33 BC, Antony's yeah. post as ruler in the East expired. And Antony would seal the breakup for himself and Octavian by divorcing Octavian's sister Octavia in yeah. early 32 BC. So right as the year 33 ends and 32 begins, he does the worst political move and yeah. divorces Octavian's sister because he's so under the spell of Cleopatra. Right. Octavia would then declare war on Egypt. At the end of 32, the Roman Senate re- like the Roman Senate relieves Antony of his power completely. But still, a third of the Senate still was on his side, just like the Trump supporters that got defeated, right? Yeah. Not yeah. to mention all of the forces <laughs> in the east that he commanded that hadn't even heard word of his deposal. Right. Although Octa- so he was still a very powerful man. Still, but you also just divorced the sister of the guy you're fucking competing with. And yeah, even after not, you just, you know, that's not a good move. Yeah. That, that anyway, you look at it, that's not he a just, good move. He was so under her spell. Like, so many people were like, "Oh, they didn't love Cleopatra. It was just a political thing." Oh yeah. Well, then why didn't this guy go back there and save his own ass? Right. Why did he sure. stay there? Well, when we get to his death, very shortly no, here, too. He definitely loved Cleo. If anything, she was the one duping him. Yeah. And okay, maybe sure. she always was the duper instead of the dupey. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's why she's worth an episode. Because behind every great woman is a couple okay men that are obsessed with her. <laughs> yeah. No, I wanted to say <laughs> this sweet quote by Euripides, who was actually... Um, dead very many generations by the time this story many happens. times he's dead many but times. but he said what is <laughs> he the died difference? several times but he had what is what is the difference if a man rules a country but is influenced by a woman or if a woman rules a country i'm paraphrasing but he's basically saying like right there's no difference between a man being controlled by a woman yeah. even though he's the king yeah. or if a woman is actually a leader like either way women are basically pressing the piano keys of fate like mm-hmm. you know and it's kind of cool because like that whole toxic masculinity thing when you go back and you'll be like ooh they were always mm. like in the pocket of whatever mm-hmm. women they were around you know? oh, I'm yeah, always in definitely. the pocket of several women at any given yeah. point any 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 of these women are putting fish on your lines <laughs> yeah right <laughs> for sure so I mentioned that a third of the Senate still stood behind him, and not to mention all the forces in the East that he had commanded that maybe didn't even hear that he had been deposed yet. And although Octavian had technically only declared war on Cleopatria, Cleopatra, Antony still seemed unable to turn her away, even when a reconciliation was still maybe possible. Like, with Octavian, he could have just left at this point and went back to him and been like, right. I'm sorry, we're good. I fucked good. up, dude. How's your sister doing? Right. Yeah, can I see her again? <laughs> or no? Amidst Queen. rumors... She's still single. 
Can we play? Can we go out to trivia together? You know. Amidst rumors that yeah. Cleopatra herself was secretly negotiating with Octavian, he would begin his offensive on Egypt. As Octavian's forces arrived, Anthony prepared forces that he could prepare. He was not as well. It's, it's also important to note then too that you also have. Um, it's almost like having a civil war as far as. You know, Octavian declares war against Egypt, right? Mm -hmm. And now you have a civil war as far as who is going to support who. Are you going to support because the Roman ruler of half is in Egypt? True. So it's almost like declaring war on Rome. It is. Rome against Rome. Right. Right. You know, and so as Octavian's forces arrive, Antony prepared the forces he could, and when first meeting Roman forces, he won the day. Against the weary traveling army, they had just come all the way across the Mediterranean. But that night, he presented a leader of the forces that had just won the day for him to Cleopatra, and she bestowed upon him a golden breastplate and said, "Thank you for beating up on Octavia, Octavian." But that night, that young man would defect to the Octavian side of the army, which was a precursor for what Again, was about to happen. What I'm trying to get. To- that's my point. Is that at any given point, knew that people Octavia could just switch sides. Win. Yeah, everyone knew. Yeah, in the yeah, final, could switch sides. In the final events of yeah. this long-standing <laughs> rivalry, Antony's naval fleet set out against Octavian's the next day, only to meet and join forces with them. All of Antony's naval fleets went out and switched directions and came back against him. Is that nuts, dude? They defected dude, to Octavian's I, When I read side. that, I was like... Pfft. His cavalry followed suit. Only his infantry stayed with the guys on the ground running. Right. That's it. The rest well, of the people were coming at them that yeah. he thought were with them. I mean, I'm not really a huge war buff. I am probably more than the average person. I've never heard of a battle like but this. But I don't think... Exactly. I don't even remember mm-hmm. like even any other battle. I'm sure there probably was more similar to this, but... This is the first one where I'm like, wait a second. So halfway through the battle, the majority of the people not in the battle halfway. were just like, well, not even halfway, but like right away. Actually, right away. They're like, eh, after today, you know, I think I'm going to I'm gonna switch sides here. Yeah. Can we switch sides quick? I want to see both yeah. these guys' thighs. Can we trade? Oh, yeah, I do. I want to look at both of thighs. these guys' thighs and decide who I'm going to be Oh, like maybe they're like, dude, that uh, that side has thicker thighs. Octavian has maybe recently grown into his body, they say in the book. Oh, really? So I'm just wondering oh if maybe God, his they quads. That? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> wondering if his quads are now right. more impressive. Right. Doing some, thick Roman thighs. doing some squats. Well, you know, yeah. hey, fun fact, the men in Egypt peed sitting down and the women peed standing up. Maybe that's why those men got thick I'm thighs. glad you brought they this up. They were squatting That's true. I'm glad you brought this up, Mallory, because there was so many different progressive views in Egypt, Alexandria, namely at the time, where women rulers were favored. Women's rights. Women's rights was a huge thing. The way and, they peed. Yeah, they even mm-hmm. said that... Uh, and the way they stuff. wrote. They, they wrote left to right. the Nile water boiled at half the temperature of other water, which is probably definitely not true. Yeah. They yeah, said that... Well, no Egyptian male ever experienced baldness like the Julius Caesars of the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I do think it is rarer among Africans and Middle Easterns to be bald. Well, that's probably because Cleopatra made the special concoction to cure baldness. Right, right. yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah for sure. Which yeah. I'm waiting for that what? to go on the market. I know. I want to rub that on my... <laughs> yeah. I could head. use some of that. I think it was like burnt horse teeth with burnt burlap sack 
And there was one other bear, thing I can't... Bear Grease or something? Bear Grease. Bear Grease. That's yes. it. Things it was bear went grease. better in Egypt. What though? is Bear Grease, by the way? I don't, I don't really know. Maybe when you sizzle a bear... Like bacon, mm. like bacon grease, like you sizzle a bear. I think you have to that's, boil a bear. You know what? I've sizzled so out. many bears, and I've never collected the grease. You haven't? I, I've just wasted all of the sizzled bear I, grease. I, I know I pour my bear grease into a mason jar, and I save it. Does it get hard? It does, yeah. Like cocoa, <laughs> coconut butter. Cocoa butter. I put it on a butt. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on my toast. That would be nice. There you go. Well, there was another one, too, I thought was pretty funny, where... um. I, I don't remember at what point of the, if if Cleo was a part of this or not, or if it was just a common belief. But like some of the um, forms of fucking contraception. Oh yeah. Was there was one the one that I can I can't forget about. But girls would just tie fucking a dead mouse around their ankle. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. walk, and they'd be like, oh yeah, we can fuck. Yeah. Hold on, wait, 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 hold on. I left my dead mouse at home. Let me go grab that and tie it around my ankle. Then we can fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Like you check check at the bar. Like, oh, who's got dead mice on their ankles? Yeah. Right. For <laughs> you sure. You have to put a quarter and twist that thing, like, like to get a dead mouse out of the thing <laughs> yeah. in the bathroom. There you go. Right. It's like when oh, um, nice. dead mouse. When, oh, it when even you have has like the fishing line on it. It's like <laughs> if you have like Paragard in your arm and you like check for that. Like. It's oh the sure. It's the dead mouse. Can I see your arm for a yeah. second? Can I feel? Can I check for a Paragard? <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, is that the arm okay. Thing? Is that the arm thing? All right. So. Anyways, contraception has always been crazy. Yeah. So at this <laughs> point, after Mark Antony just saw right before his eyes his naval fleet and his goddamn cavalry defect before his eyes, he raced back to Alexandria, possibly aware or suspicious of having been double-crossed by Cleopatra herself, and. Ah, uh, I don't. I, we'll just never be able to know if she yeah. really did double cross. I could or not. easily see. It, it could have happened. happened, and I mean, it would fit in her. He was definitely more in love with her. She she was always looking out for Egypt. Right. Anyways, mm-hmm. whether or not she had actually betrayed Antony, Cleopatra retreats to a mausoleum. She knows that Alexandria is going the way of. This is where it gets fun. Where she walls herself in with servants. She walls herself in. She's. In this mausoleum, no one's able to enter. She's got guards. She's stuck in there. And it's said that at this time, she may have known that Octavian could possibly spare her life if she turned over Mark Antony. So maybe that could have been why she, you know, totally fucked him over. But anyways, who knows if she did. Antony received the news... Well, she sends a messenger she out. She sends a fake message exactly, to Mark. Exactly, to Mark oh. Antony saying that she had, that been, she had been killed in the battle. Yeah, and... <laughs> and then Mark Antony reads this and he's like... <sighs> he receives the news in his room and with his men. Immediately. He requests that his servant Eros kills him. Yeah. But Eros turns from his master, drew his sword, and killed himself instead. Oh Antony then gosh. takes his own sword and plunges it into his ribs, missing his heart but leaving him terribly wounded. At this point, in very... He's morally wounded. In very Romeo and Juliet fashion. It is. so Romeo and Juliet. Juliet. Mm -hmm. Cleopatra either sends word of her survival to Mark, or he learns that she's still alive because he requests 
that, or that she learns that he just fucking tried to kill himself and botched it completely. Well, either way, he thought she was dead, right? Right. Yeah. So either he either learns that she wasn't, she wasn't dead because she dead. faked it, or yeah. he learns she was alive because someone says, <clears throat> Cleopatra just said we should bring you to her before you die. Right. Oh, He's yeah. like, what? She's alive? Yeah. So right. now they bring him to the base of the mausoleum, and using rope and tackle, she raised her lover up. Yeah, to this, the window, and he's yeah. dying right and there. This is the only like they said in the book. This is only one of two times that Cleopatra like completely lost her shit for like yeah, emotional for reasons, sure. and she's like she's tearing at her breast. Yeah, tearing right? at her breast and like really Screaming. getting crazy. She like took his blood and rubbed about, it on her face mm-hmm, and fucking about just Marcus goes Antony. Nuts. But like, I mean, that is crazy. That it's either the, her it's, lover is just. Like, I wonder if Shakespeare right. got that little twist from this. from Romeo and Juliet because Mark Antony killed himself because he thought Cleopatra was dead. Yeah, yeah. And then right. she ends up right. being alive. Right. Exactly. And then that she is, ends up killing herself, which is, is exactly what fucking happens. That yeah. is so Romeo and Juliet. Well, we have to look it's up. Insane. Okay. You can't even write I it. I might just quick look that up while we're still finishing this one out because, well, because I would like to know. Obviously, Shakespeare's much after. And this is one of the most no, famous I know that. I know that Shakespeare also wrote, you know, he wrote a fucking what do you want to call it, a fable, on Cleo yeah. and Mark Antony. But I want to know if he wrote that before or after Romeo and Juliet, oh. because what I'm saying is that this could be the predecessor. This could be the inspiration right. of the. You know, this is a nonfiction story. Even Euripides, who wrote about similar stories was like a tradition they called it like right. tragedy writers always wrote about this type of thing and right. sure. that's why yeah. even in disney movies we still have these same themes because people love oh, them wow interesting like it just it's right. always so attractive i you know i i think i mean my guess is like cleo and Antony. yeah that's that's gotta be before romeo and juliet like shakespeare's I would, I would assume but so but yeah uh, so anyways, she, Google it here. she raises her <laughs> lover up to the window of the mausoleum, and she's reportedly beating and tearing at her breasts and clothing, offering him sips of wine just in like a fit of just total sadness. Sips of Merlot. He would die in her <laughs> arms, and as he died, a servant sped to Octavian with the bloody sword and news of his suicide. Like, one of the servants that was near Mark when he killed himself, brought the sword to Octavian and said, Mark's dead. He fucking stabbed himself with the sword. For the next few days, Cleopatra remained locked up in the mausoleum. Servants of Octavian climbed the ladders to the window that Antony was brought through and had to, like, like, remove any option of suicide from her room. They they were trying to keep her from killing herself because... At this point, as we've seen, it's probably, like, a good possibility that that's the outcome. Yeah, definitely. But they did allow her to prepare Mark's body for burial. After the funeral and a week-long delay, Cleo would finally come face-to-face for most likely the first time ever with Octavian. Well, a a big thing, too, with Octavian... She'd never seen his face before, though. They never actually met. This was the first oh. time. The first meeting. So, she's been walled up in this room for seven days. Her yeah. fucking hubby just died. And yeah. this guy that's been this far-off threat forever finally walks into the mausoleum. Right. And I think she... In a stupid skirt. She wants to maybe seduce Octavian. 
right? I think she was maybe like she's kind of hoping for a negotiation. I think she would have if yeah, she was so mentally broken. Yeah, yeah like yeah. she would have probably went to that old play, but she was so fucked up right now that it wasn't gonna happen. Well, yeah. even Octavian was also renowned of being like. Um, I think he was a little bit more asexual than the two predecessors. Definitely. <laughs> I, well, you Definitely. know, you're running one of those guys. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I don't but think I he was totally as horny agree. as Mark and Julius. Yeah. Well, he also knew about just um, the power that Cleopatra had, just even with her gaze, her personality, her, her wit, her intellect. And he almost just didn't even want to, like, in that first meeting, again, this is all hearsay, but he didn't even want to, you know, make eye contact with her. Just because he's like, eh, I'm not going to play into that. Don't even want to fucking tempt it. You know, this is just purely political at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. when Octavian finally meets her in the mausoleum, she greets him as a master, falling to her knees, but begs him to view her in the same light as his adoptive father, Julius, who was in a relationship with her. She was like, your father loved me, you have to understand, you know? Yeah. But her efforts fell on deaf ears because reportedly... Octavian didn't even make eye contact with her. Like, he really didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And he left, and in the days to follow, she learned that he was going to bring her back to Rome and just keep her as a prisoner. Well, this another is probably thing too, when she decided oh, on suicide. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because when, if she did conspire with Octavian, it was probably because she thought she would be able to remain the queen of Egypt. But if she was going to know that she had to go back to Rome as a prisoner... Mm-hmm. then suicide was going to happen. Yeah. Like, right. And I think they said she would, like, have an okay life in prison, but, like, she wasn't willing to risk that. Yeah, but it was two different deals, man. It's like, yeah. do I get to remain the queen of Egypt, or do I have to right. come home with you and be in a prison cell? Right. You know, it's two totally different things. So she initially probably, like, conspired against Mark, unfortunately, right. to be the queen of Egypt. But once he won so ha- wholeheartedly, he didn't even have to worry about his agreement with her. He was just right. like, nah, you have been such a problem. I'm going to bring you back, throw you in a prison cell. And she knew yeah. it. Like, she tried to work her powers of seduction on him. Didn't work. He didn't even make eye contact with her. He leaves right. the mausoleum. And she's basically like, that's it. Like, the story's over, you know? And... So at this point, she is allowed to go visit the tomb of Mark Antony, but after she visits it, she locks herself again in the mausoleum with two of her servants and sends a letter to Octavian. Once he opens the letter, when it arrives to him, he knew immediately what she had done. Right. Mm -hmm. And when the mausoleum was finally breached, it was too late. Well, let me quick cut you off here, because it was said... That she had a servant, like, bring in, what was it? Well, they the said that there was guards of... of Octavian's blocking the door. So they'd have, like, well, because Octavian, figs Octavian was it. Yes, Octavian was really, really afraid of her, paranoid of her That's why suicide. they removed any way of her doing so. Yes. But they think that they sneakily snuck some poison into... Because a lot of the famous stories of Cleopatra say that she died by letting up poisonous snake, an asp, or a cobra biter, which is almost completely not true because right. how would the guards have not caught an eight-foot a snake cobra. <laughs> in yeah. a basket? But poison could be a little bit easier to conceal, Yeah, which yeah. is most likely what happened. And I think that's the only thing I, like, the only thing I had as background knowledge to 
uh, reading this book and watching the documentaries is that I, you know, I did think it, it was a rumor, obviously, but I did think that um, Cleopatra died from a snake bite. It's a yeah. little bit more badass if you just do like hold a snake up to you and like let it, yeah. Come. Especially because it was such a symbol of the Egyptian like religion and right, culture. Right. Like pretty cool. You just hold a snake to you and let it bite you. Well, it's also um, heavily fucking reproduced that she'd put it up to her boob. You know? On her breast. It's not only cool that you, you know, get a, you take a fucking cobra and be like, and know, a lot put it up of to these, any part of your body. Like, like Plutarch and a lot of the historians say that that was such a benefit to artists throughout the ages. Right. Because what a There's beautiful artwork and, to yeah. make is like a woman letting up just snake holding a bite her breast. Yeah. Bite her booby. Mm-hmm. Because Plutarch and, is the main person who wrote about her, right? Oh, yeah. Plutarch. And, but yeah. even then, he was about 100 years after her death. Right. So it's, yeah. that's why we don't have any, like, direct content. Yeah. And I shouldn't have cut you off, too, because even though I did, as soon as the letter was sent to Octavian, like you had said, he had known immediately. He's like, fuck. She's dead. Let's get there right now. Like, he he's... Got over there as soon as he could, and as soon as they break in, it wasn't just her though. She also had August tenth, thirty BC. Yeah, she also wasn't the only one lying dead though. She had like two of her, you know, um, two of her closest fucking advisor. You know, I'm assuming these two gals were also had been with her her entire life as well. But it makes me think. Obviously, it's not the fucking asp theory where you you know, see how could you have three snakes kill all of you? But I'm like, assuming does a, does a snake bite like kill everyone or is it I don't I think you would have had to have three different yeah. snakes because you couldn't have had it's... just one snake deal three lethal doses. It's hard to say. All within I don't know if you could be so sure that a snake bite would kill you. I'm sure it would fuck you up. I've heard yeah. paralysis from venom, but like oh for sure. I want to go with a more sure thing. I think uh, parties near this time would just like. Their, like, raves would be, like, lines of poison and playing uh, spin the ceramic vessel with your siblings. Uh, yeah, nice. Oh, man. <laughs> what a weird time to be alive. Well, the last cliff note that I wrote down for this, too, is when they stormed in, I think that even um, Octavian wasn't the first one to be able to open up the fucking mausoleum. His guards were able to, after Octavian got the letter and said, get my dudes in there is immediately right so mm-hmm. when a, when the guards opened up the mausoleum and found not only cleopatra but her two other fucking cohorts either already dead or near death there was one that was still alive and he had said something like um how convenient you know or like uh what was it that he said because what she said in response again we're going back thousands of years so this mm-hmm. is probably taken out of context it's all hearsay but it is indeed most fine and befitting of a descendant of so many kings. Basically saying, like, yeah, fuck you, dude. This is the way she went out. This is a dope way she went out. And fuck you for trying to say this is a... It's just a little bit know, annoying to me because I think Mark Antony just could have, like, maybe gone home for a couple months and, like, shore everything up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he oh. yeah, right. could have probably just gone home. He was a great, respected war general. Right. You know, like... Maybe if he would have just stopped the whole like line of thinking that he was under the control of Cleopatra, so because maybe ardently he was like, maybe he was really just like trapped down there doing his shit, like 
why wouldn't you go home? How can you be the leader of Rome at that time without internet and phones? How can you be the leader of Rome I don't know. in Alexandria? I, I would not be surprised if, like, like, Cleo's a pretty dumb chick. You know, like, she's Well, both some... men... Yeah, she's great. Both men have oh. the same problem. Julius Caesar was eventually killed because yeah. he spent so much time with Cleopatra in Alexandria when he came back and he was the total ruler the he overstepped his boundaries right. mm-hmm. and yeah. then when Mark Antony finally got his thing he just never came home Right. and then yeah. it was so easy for Octavian to be like hey under the same spell let's kill this dude Yeah, like, yeah. For sure. Rome was like yep yet again he can't let just, anybody go down there he should have just went home that's the moral of this story. Just everything, everything you good. You gotta stop back home. Happen- yeah. <laughs> All decisions are better at home. There's a there's a length to vacation that becomes inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Yes, Two weeks, for sure. Very standard. See, my mom always used to say, mm-hmm. "Nothing good comes after midnight." Oh yeah, that's and why. Yeah. I would have to say, nothing good comes after. Three six months. months. <laughs> <laughs> six months in, home, in Alexandria. You know? right. Six yeah. months in Alexandria. Yeah, even better. I yeah. like that. Nothing good comes. Can I use that? Six months Can in I Alexandria. Use that? Yeah. That. Yeah. Is there an Alexand? Is there an Alexandria, Minnesota? Yeah, there is. There is. Oh, Alexandria. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Alexandria is on the way to St. Cloud on Island. Oh, and yeah. And nothing good happens no, there. It's like the Bermuda Triangle of towns. I hear. Don't spend six months <laughs> yeah. by the High V. Right. In Alexandria. Yeah, for and all of you that don't live in Minnesota. You'll have twins um, and another kid. Oh my god, yeah. And then <laughs> another woman will have like a bunch of daughters you don't even care about. Yeah, like, and all whatever, their names sound alike. Whatever. <laughs> god, so many daughters I have that I'm like, whatever. So many daughters. Whatever. And at least in Egypt, they were like, right, because you know, like Rome had this thing where you could only parent the firstborn daughter. And after that, all other daughters were like, they didn't care about but in egypt they actually cared about like all their kids yeah and doesn't it suck that the country that seemed to maybe like have it going the progressive way was the one that was like subservient to rome like damn i wish yeah no shit. egypt could have figured out a way to be like no we are the fucking rulers we're the way yeah we and got everything. About we got women's rope. rights, guys pee yeah. sitting down. <laughs> we fucking I like to do we that when right I'm to tired. Left. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Man, and the aftermath we could talk about a little bit, like like I said, um Julius Caesar was the last republic leader of Rome, and then ever after that, Caligula, whomever, it was always emperors and they just collapsed under their own weight. Never able to right. control their foreign borders and uh it was the beginning of the downfall for sure hmm. and like i said egypt not well, even its own country until the 1900s that's crazy that, that is yeah. actually pretty because um, egypt it seems like it's gotta always have been fascinating egypt, well i mean i mean even though we mentioned that earlier it's one thing to take note that like back in the day too like back in the in just this timeline itself it wasn't even an established country Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah. No, it was. Egypt had been a country for... It's the, one of the oldest countries on Earth. That's what I'm saying. Okay, like, so wait, what are you trying to... Uh, well, sorry, it was I'm a country, and that, then it fell, and then it oh, finally okay, got to be an, right, right, a, its okay. own country That's in 19... Like. Yeah, yeah. Ni- 1900s, middle of the last century, like, that yeah. we just went through. Like, when you think of the oldest countries on Earth, 
Egypt's mm-hmm. going to be there. Right? Mesopotamia. For sure. Yeah. And then you go ahead and say, oh, Egypt wasn't even a country again until... That's okay. So I think right. Cleo... I feel like Cleopatra was like the last... Like, she was just like holding it together. Oh, yeah. You know? Definitely. And then and then all, all of a sudden, like, shit... Well, break, with like, her little... Just, dude, dude. Shit hit the fan. Maybe if one of her other sisters or her brother had been the ruler, they would have ended a lot sooner. Because oh, for sure. she was yeah. in bed with the two Roman rulers, and that's what kept her alive. I mean, well, man, if you ever use sex and... as diplomacy, she did it. She, she had kids at two important points. Yeah, When sure. Julius Caesar left, and when Mark Antony Came left. In. Like, I mean, holy shit. To be like, oh, and oh, both were boys. Yeah, for sure. Got Both times there. you give a male yeah, like there. Mm-hmm. I do, you know, after finishing this episode, the one thing I want to go back in time for this episode is just to go on those fucking Nile fucking cruise. Oh, those yeah. Those Nile cruises, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I think I that the Egyptians... Oh, I want all of it, too, but, I mean... I just want to hang out with the pinnacle Patrick, of yeah. hanging out with Cleo would have been on them fucking I would have got sucked into the Alexandria trip Love more cruises, than bro, anyone. Oh, I would have sure. never went back to Rome. Yeah. Why would you ever go back to Rome if no. you're Mark Antony? No, let's go to Alexandria, Egypt. I want to visit it. We I should. I really do. Like yeah. a Mediterranean cruise would be so cool. Dude, I did a Rick Steves. That's I cool. watched a Rick Steves episode on Ancient oh, Egypt. Oh. Rick Steves? Oh. You don't know Rick Steves? No. Yeah. Oh. Rick Steves? Mal, you know no, Rick Steves? I'm sorry, I don't know. Why does he have two first names? <laughs> I know. Some of the best names Rick are Steve when you have Larry. two. You guys don't know Rick Steves? Well, that's fine, because I guarantee you, if there's anybody listening, one of you do does know Rick Steves. No, he no. basically, I think he's a, he's a, he's a, he's either um, PBS or it doesn't matter. He just does a travel. He's a travel channel. Oh fucking yeah, guy. like a like a Bill Nye the Science Guy. Kind of, but yeah, every episode alive, he just Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, he just yeah. goes around and fucking. But, Too soon. Oh, he's older than Anthony Bourdain, as far as like he predates Anthony Bourdain quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Super nerdy, super silly. I'm surprised you guys didn't see him in school. I don't even know if Alexandria was like a anyways, city in Egypt. Anyways. Now I want to go yeah. there so bad. Yeah, I really and Tarsus in uh, Turkey. Like. And, and Memphis. And Samos in uh, that island in Turkey. Memphis, festi- Egypt. Memphis. Cyprus. Like, Ooh, dude. Cyprus. The Mediterranean sounds... I, bet, I know yeah, there's Mediterranean sure. I love I need food. to go. Yeah, oh, me right. too. You're right. right. Give it yeah. to me. You guys want to go? Olives and yeah, let's let's get out of here. I'm sure the ticket prices are fucking really cheap right yeah, now. Can dress true. up as Cleopatra the whole time. We can all dress up as Cleopatra. No, I I was gonna be Mark. Oh, okay. Oh, I was yeah. gonna be Mark. The okay, Mal. All right, you're Mal's Caesar. Clear. You're Caesar. I'll be Caesar. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't we think of this before? I don't, I don't know. know. We should came. We should have dressed up. Yeah, we. <laughs> Right now. In, we could have been in character. There's like two guys and a girl. Yeah. <laughs> right. That would have been so much more in fun. In a pizza place. God we could have ordered from Little Caesars. Yes. Oh my gosh. In Domino's. Oh my God. With the new pretzel bun crust. Man. Pizza sounds really good, actually. It does sound really good. Well, hey. Okay, anyways. Cleopatra. Yeah, we're, uh, oh, one thing I did want to note yeah. quick, though, because we didn't bring it up now that we're at the end of the episode. We didn't bring it, we did bring it up earlier, but. We ha- nobody knows where Cleo's body is. No, and that's the last that's thing the I want to finish on. That's the case with a lot of the the characters in this story. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you even do that? How do you even verify? True. Where they're at. 
That's crazy. Well, it just sucks because we've been looking for Cleo's body for. Well, and a lot of these literally. cities had like seven cities built on top of. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the city of Alexandria, like, that library, like, was washed away. The famous library, the famous lighthouse was washed away. Like, it's all just washed away. It's, like, so... It's like so many legit parts of history. I know. Even with that's what makes it mad. Like like when you hear about how the Nazis just burned libraries because they didn't like intellectuals. It's like, man. Thank God we're over burning libraries, dude. Yeah, burning libraries. I don't remember the last time that we, you know, now we have the internet, so we're done with burning libraries. Yeah, that was just a phase. Now you gotta burn your modem. Yeah, well, that doesn't even work. How would you, could you burn like the... Well, it's all in the cloud now. Yeah, but is there a main server that you could burn? Mm. Like a main server? Like where does the internet come from? Pentagon, I bet. I bet it's right in the the middle of the Pentagon. See, I don't really understand code. But I do, (laughs) I do think that it wouldn't (laughs) matter because I don't even know. Now this is getting to be... Too long above my pay grade but yeah i think for the fact that we got satellites too bouncing all this information off each other like the internet itself exists until we get a total blackout i don't know I at least you can't just burn everything that ever was written before. Yeah, yeah no shit i'm happy about that because we would still be doing it if it was that easy like it was back then we oh, could just, for sure oh we'll just burn down the library people love fire yeah i think we're i do I'm i i do i'm a pyro i like to watch it Anyways, thanks so. for joining us on a very bad podcast, and we'll try to pick a more modern theme next week. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna go. We're gonna jump ahead a couple of thousand. Yeah, years. we'll get into this century, I think. Right? Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah let's do a. Yeah, let's do the. Can let's we just do agree something on the, within yeah. our own century? Yeah. <laughs> the century. Agreed. The century. Always fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for being here, Mel. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. All right, guys. Peace out. Signing Peace off. Peace out. I And I love all people, rich or poor, but in those particular positions, I just don't want a poor person. Does that make sense?